0: to the Gamers' In. Come on in. Pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello. We're back. We're here. It's uh, it's, it's Thursday once again, and video games have happened.
0: <laughs> they have. I literally like stifled a cough right in the middle of that <laughs> first <laughs> sentence. Oh, it's gonna be a good night, folks. <laughs> oh
1: man, and, I, and I'm sick too. And it's it's funny. We were talking pre-show, and uh, you know, we do a video show. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people watch it, but, you know, my hair's a mess. Caden's been, he hasn't been sleeping, so, like, you kind of have to lay with him. Uh, and you don't have to lay with him long, but if you're sick, as soon as you <laughs> lay down, you're done, you're out. And he's sick as well, so it's not like I'm infecting my my children on purpose <laughs> infecting here. Infecting your child. <laughs> but, like, it's, he, 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 the only way he'll sleep, or at least go to sleep, is if you're in the room with him. And, uh, and sometimes I fall asleep. So I, if it looks like I just woke up, it's because I did. Uh, I wasn't <laughs> intending to fall asleep. Uh, he was snoring. Yeah, those but things happen. <laughs> it happens, you know. And uh, I'm just excited that that we're we're gonna be able to talk about video games and, and talk about what we've been playing and the news. I didn't think GDC is usually not crazy, but it's been mm-hmm. there's been some announcements. But we have one of our own. Uh, not to be left out by Google, you know, and and Detroit become we're human
0: Or upstaged. Yeah. yeah, I think
1: we've got the announcement to to top those announcements I of don't know. the
0: year really i think
1: yeah really I, unless somebody <laughs> else joins tgi studios like this is gonna this, <laughs> this is 2019 right here folks but yeah we, we should probably know <laughs> uh, yeah
0: so uh, the podcast Gaming Entertainment News Tonight, Mm -hmm. otherwise known as Gent, has officially joined TGI Studios. So if you guys aren't familiar with this show, go and check it out. It's a super cool show from Mm -hmm. uh, Manny and uh, Richard, who you guys might know from the chat room and our game nights and all that kind of stuff is uh, known in chat as Gotti. So uh, I did a very brief uh, drag race show with Gotti. He Mm -hmm. is an awesome co-host and obviously I do for Azeroth with Manny. So uh, yeah the two of them together are putting together a really really good show.
1: Yeah, they've got four episodes up so far uh, and they 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 focus on news. There's a lot of news talk in there so it's really uh, it's really interesting so you can go to tjistudios.com/ And you know it's funny like you say gent and again I'm so slow and I was helping them set it up and everything and gent makes so much sense. You look at the icon, it definitely looks like a gentleman like the, Oh you know, god, I love their logo. And they do some really- Really interesting stuff, like I said to them, like, okay, make sure you do like a template for your for your episodes. And you know, our templates like logo right, Google search left. But they've got like numbers and the title integrated and it's all like swooshy and stuff, it looks really cool. But I've been calling it Ghent this whole time, and now that you've said gent, <laughs> um I feel like this is another one of those dungeons and, and diapers uh, incidents where like we, we felt we felt like calling it DND and you're like no no dad just makes so much more sense yeah, so it's
0: dungeons and diapers.
1: i'm not allowed yeah. to name things or pronounce <laughs> things ever again any longer and uh you know you I can hope go we
0: have more kids that ashley just names them all kids yeah. dogs anything that requires naming in ryan's life just get get your wife to do it and damn. and my
1: kids inherited uh my wife's ability to name things because they named our fish Tanka, and it makes so much sense because he lives in a tank so you like that fish's name is Tanka, and I'm like Caden. I'm not allowed to name things anymore, son. This power has been imbued onto you, and uh, <laughs> but you're right. You can clip that out, send it to Ashley, and be like, "Look, this is this is uh, audio and video proof that you are now right."
0: Never allowed to name anything again. <laughs> exactly.
1: Although you know, I mean, I, yeah, I have my moments. So what?
0: It, wait. So what did you think it was? Not Gent. Gent.
1: I kept calling it Gent, and then like. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's Gwent's fault maybe? Like Gwent? like Gwent Oh, Don't ba-
0: don't blame Gwent for this. <laughs> it is Gwent's fault,
1: really, when you think about it. So don't listen to me. Go to TGISTUDIOS.COM slash GENT and, and uh, I did it again. <laughs> at that point, I meant to, you know, return to I know! The...
0: You had your super serious Ryan face on and you were like, I am gonna nail this so hard, and then you did.
1: I'm sorry, Manny. I listened to the show today. It's really cool. Go out and check out Gent at tgistudios.com slash now it sounds so wrong
0: uh, <laughs> it's okay ryan I you're know. absolutely nailing it so <laughs> what have you been playing this week i'm just gonna i'm just gonna hard transition over to, true yeah
1: seven years of podcasting um i've been playing division two as promised uh you know last week we talked about anthem and then upcoming releases with the division two and It's interesting. I talked about this on the Patreon mini and and how I was not going to sit here and compare the Division 2 to Anthem for 15 minutes. Although that is really (laughs) tough to avoid as this game is coming out literally uh, or came out literally on the eve that most people's subscriptions would lapse for EA Access Premier, which is how a lot of people checked out Anthem and and, um, really easy to bounce out of Anthem after a month. Not a whole lot going on for a casual gamer um after a month so the first thing you notice in the division two when you boot it up is that it is it is very much like the division um and in the division you play as a an agent um the world has not ended but a flu has taken out a majority of the population and has caused an apocalyptic type moment where the cities have fallen the government has fallen and and um What's left is like a ragtag group of humans. So there, there are these, these factions that are like evil, I guess. Like some people just like embrace the chaos, and there's those people. But then there are the agents and the civilians that you're trying to protect, um, and the local authorities as well that you're kind of forming these communities around. And and that's how, the, from what I remember of the division, that's that's how that one played out. Uh, the division two pretty much takes the formula of the division and transplants it to Washington. Literally, the opening of the game is your the, your agent character that you create um, getting a distress signal from Washington, and you just literally walk off camera and then fade to black, fade in, and you're in Washington. <laughs> and, which is, you know, it's kind of nice. Like, the guy just walks across the country, basically. Uh, oh, although U.S. Geography... New York to Washington, D.C. Is that across? Is Washington, D.C. on the West Coast, is it not? East mm. Coast. Mm. Well, I'm Canadian, so you can't blame me. <laughs> uh, for all you folks that thought Ottawa was across from Vancouver, this is how it feels. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I guess it wasn't that long a walk, but uh, <laughs> he did go from New York to, uh, to Washington. And you show up there, and basically, you know, the government is, the remnants of the government is being threatened there, are some kind of, thing or whatever but the white house has been converted into basically i don't know like
0: there's some kind of story happening they they don't
1: really explain it very well like you get there and there's like this angry person yelling at you about how like washington dc is being threatened you don't get there and suddenly realize like something intense like something really bad is happening because it looks like the division two the way they portray literally the streets and the enemies. And the sights and sounds, it feels very much like the division. If you weren't walking in front of the White House and you just went down a, a random street, it would feel very much like this is literally the division. Um because the division like you mentioned you played it a little bit, right? Like when it launched years ago. Yeah,
0: not very much. Like I no. might have played an hour of it because it just didn't really grab me, but mm. I know a lot of people liked it and I can't remember what else came out around the same time as the division, but I feel like I was just playing other things at the time and it yeah. just didn't
1: hold me in but you remember like this the way the streets looked right like the way that you walk down a street and it's very familiar like you could put division two side by side with division and you'd feel like some of those streets are basically transplanted like this they don't Mm. look very different not to say that the game looks bad it's just that there are some corridors that just look very similar to the first one um but you know like what feels very good is brought over from the first one as well which is the combat uh, the shooting's very, you know, it's well set up, um, cover system's really cool. The fact that you can snap to a, a cover by hitting the spacebar or the A button on a controller and rather than kind of controlling the run from one piece of cover to the next, you can just hold that spacebar. with the UI. You can kind of look, okay, I want to go to that next piece of cover and you hold that space bar and the, your guy will crouch run to the next piece of cover. Um, and it just, it feels and it looks feels so smooth. cool. Yeah, yeah, very smooth, and it just feels like you're being you're being rewarded for moving up. You're you're being rewarded for kind of pressing in on the enemy and and doing so while not, you know, being shot at and stuff. So that feels really good and is really fun to do when you're playing co-op. So a, a big part of the division is is playing with you know your friends as you're moving through this environment, and. It feels very good to kind of you know coordinate with your your allies as you're kind of moving around the environment, trying to take enemies out. Um, but yeah, it, there's something about this one that feels it feels very weird playing it after playing Anthem, and this is where we're gonna do a bit of a comparison because Anthem is a very disjointed game in comparison to this one. Um, Ubisoft has kind of nailed the open world environment. Of their games Uh, it's very this one's very seamless there are no loading screens unless you you know you prompt one by doing fast travel you can literally walk from the white house to your destination without hitting a loading screen Um, it's all open world you can navigate to any mission side mission main mission by just walking up to it which is kind of what we expect in 2019 you know when you play a game you yeah, it's yeah. super
0: jarring when you're walking around and then all of a sudden, like, um, shoot, what was that? Oh, it was um, the one with Fury, the Darksiders, yeah. that had the weird, like, it wasn't even, <coughs> like, sending me to a full-on loading screen. It was, like, the game would just, like, stop and, like, the I'm thinking little circle thing would show mm-hmm. up and it's, like, so it wasn't even that it would put you into a loading screen. It's, like, the game would just stop and then you're sitting there, like what happens now and then it's like then you continue your step or whatever and yeah it's super jarring and takes you really out of the experience
1: yeah so in anthem you would you would load into fort tarsis you would talk to somebody then you would go to the expedition menu and launch that mission and then you would get into that mission sometimes those missions would have loading screens within them if you went into a dungeon we did one mission in anthem where you loaded into the mission it prompted you to go into a dungeon which was a load screen you get into the dungeon the dungeon says oh you got to go back out and do something so you go back out load screen you do the thing oh now you got to go back in so you go back in load screen and like three or four load screens within the same you know mission and you feel that in 2019 like it's not something you expect from it from a triple a game um and that's where the division too like let's not not even worried about loot or being able to equip stuff in game, or you know, being able to, you know, have snappy cover and stuff. The fact that you can just walk up to a mission and start it is kind of, it just, it really shows the issues that Anthem has uh, from a structure standpoint. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 and it's, but it's the second one, right? But the Division also had those those opportunities, like without load screens, open world, you launch all the missions. This feels very much like a, an iterative sort of sequel where they've taken the, what worked in the Division, polished it up, added more content, added more random events, and just given you overall more to do in the game. Um, not incredibly far, so I'll probably talk about it next week as I get more time with it, but the story is pretty nonsensical. Like I don't know. It feels very much like, like the Division 1 where you're you're an agent... New York has gone to shit. In this case, Washington's gone to shit. So you're trying to do your best to kind of, you know, upgrade your communities. You know, I I got like a water station set up just by completing missions and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, it it feels very good. Again, like if you're looking at a, at a looter shooter, like Division Two is certainly the one the one to lob lob onto. I think this is the one you wanna you wanna look at. Anthem requires a lot of attention to even get close to this thing at launch and i haven't really had many issues with the division 2 as i did with with anthem i've been really enjoying it um progression with co-op that was one of the issues i was wondering we were gonna have like whether if matt joined my game was he gonna you know just gave give me progress and he wasn't gonna get anything um but everything synced so he you know, we started playing on my game. He jumped in and he and he went out and played a night where I couldn't. And he said, oh, no, all my missions that we did are, are still completed. Control points were taken. Projects were finished in communities. So, like, there is that, you know, progression between co-op, which is nice. Because some games, because it's easier, will just say, no, if you join someone else's game, you're progressing theirs. And you just bring back XP. Um, this progresses story. Uh, projects everything so that's that's really good i mean that's that's the expectation that that's w- what it would do but i was still worried because sometimes co-op is they sometimes they just don't give it enough, the, the attention it deserves right so it's good that they've done that with this one
0: yeah i i might give it a look But uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like, uh, well, obviously I'm still uh, playing through Odyssey. I was Mm going to try to have some thoughts this week, but I haven't had as much uh, time in that game as I had hoped for. So uh, I will keep playing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like I have a few pretty sizable experiences on my plate right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I necessarily want to jump in to Division 2. And we were just talking um, before the show about how I'm just, absolutely obsessed right now for some reason with dead by daylight and like i'm not even playing i'm just watching streams and Mm -hmm. trying to like understand more about the game because super complicated like way more complicated than you would think escape the killer four-on-one games would be Mm -hmm. and uh so i'm just trying to kind of learn about it right now i guess before i jump in and try some some stuff on my own and uh like it's just that game and that experience is grabbing me again and I don't know i just like i'd rather sink some time into that instead of getting into like do you know how long the division two is uh well in we terms
1: of we've been playing i actually don't know how long it would take in in total but we've played i think about six hours or i've played about six hours and we're still in the second zone and mm. if looking at the map there appears to be at least eight Plus, you know, end game and all that fun stuff. So I don't know how long it would take, but yeah. (coughs)
0: Um, I just realized because there's actually um, a publisher's (coughs) weekend going on right now. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to get this cough under control, guys. I promise. (laughs) But there's a, uh, yeah, there's actually a developer sale on Steam this weekend. And Far Cry, um, New Dawn, has like... I don't know why. I totally missed it. Yeah. I thought it was coming out in like November. It launched like a month ago. I and, think I it's ju- 50% and I did and fifty percent off totally too. Missed it. It's something like I think it's thirty nine ninety nine or forty nine ninety nine or something, Canadian. So yeah, like I <laughs> I was just like, huh, this is kind of crazy. I think the ones that are actually fifty and sixty percent off are the bundles that include um, mm. Far Cry Five. Well, so actually, I already have Far Cry Five. But. If
1: if you go to the Ubisoft store, which is also having a spring sale until the twenty fifth of March, New Dawn is twenty bucks. It's fifty percent off.
0: So, oh wow! And
1: that game did just come out like I think, you know, late February. Um, and that game, not that it was, it wasn't received well. It was more received like, yeah, it's more Far Cry. There's some interesting things, but it's which it's more I Far Cry.
0: I really liked Five. I thought Five yeah. was really fun. So I mean, I just I was always intending to get new dawn i just i thought it was coming out like eight months from now so
1: yeah i'm i was tempted to pick it it's still on sale and you know based on this conversation i i'm end up i might end up going and picking it up it is a it's a smaller game new dawn as opposed to far cry 5 which i feel is more it's more what i'm up for like far cry 5 just presented so much Five
0: was big it was it
1: I wouldn't say it was bloated but it w- it was big by design like it was this big mm-hmm. open world game and and the division two is I don't think I ever well.
0: I don't think I ever finished it I didn't I think either, I still no. had the um there was like the third zone there was that was like further up north mm-hmm. that's yeah I never I never it was fun I just like I I just kind of fell off of it because again it was just such a big experience so I like when there's when there's things like that, like Dead by Daylight, that's really catching my eye right now, Far Cry that I totally missed out on. When the original Division didn't really grab me and this is more of the same, I don't think that this is a game for me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But um, I mean, like, it sounds like they did the right thing that you should do with sequels. Like they didn't totally scrap everything that they did. They looked at what they had that was good kept it all updated the rest and gave us a better product with division two so if division was your thing definitely check it out but I I don't think that I'm gonna try this one
1: yeah no I, 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 so
0: I, much on offer now yeah
1: I mean this you compare where we're at now to where we were five years ago even uh what is you there's so much choice and where you know this podcast specifically where it started I, I feel like we would we would play a lot of the similar games but now there's just every given week there's two or three games to talk about and sometimes there are games that come not out that
0: mention-
1: you know you or i don't play you know because they don't mm-hmm. they don't interest us but there's so much yeah else to like
0: that out. um so dark souls one yeah shakira yeah yeah neither one shakira. of us are touching that with a with a 10-foot pole but i yeah i i know what you're talking definitely starts with an s i just can't remember it's like name,
1: sakairo but- or i saw i saw um a parody box art it was like shakira shakira uh something, something. oh so
0: now that's stuck in your head yeah
1: <laughs> i know i can't i can't and i'm sure the game's fine i'm sure the game's great i loved bloodborne some people in discord i think void was talking about it um in discord about how it might be something a uh, from software game that i'd actually be able mm-hmm. to enjoy but um i like bloodborne for what it was i again like i think now i'm trying to focus more on on the games that i've that i've purchased and then and like i've i've only scratched the surface with with division two but honestly like you you said it right i mean if you if division one didn't click with you then i don't division two doesn't do anything drastically different that's going to bring you back in
0: um which i don't think it should because personally i don't think that game companies should be trying to hook people like me i think that they should be trying to appease their existing fans when they bring out sequels like they shouldn't be like oh you know like some people didn't like that we did xyz well <coughs> even dark souls a perfect example if they make a dark souls 3 they shouldn't make it easy to appeal to me hmm. or they shouldn't make it i guess maybe not easy is the wrong word but like less punishing for getting hit because that's the big thing in dark souls right just don't get hit yeah so don't make it less punishing when you get hit to appease gamers like me because i'm not your target audience Like, stay true to what your game is and make it for your audience. And I think The Division seems to have done that. It's just I'm just not part of that audience for for whatever reason. Like I say, it wasn't a bad game. It was just not something that hooked me.
1: Yeah. And I bounced off of it, The Division, because I picked it up, I think, a year past launch. And it was just one of those things where it didn't feel new. It was still interesting to play. And I like the concepts. And that's why when The Division 2 got announced and launched, I was like, okay, let's get in on the ground floor with this one, especially after um after anthem uh is the toughest part for Bioware now is that they have to compete with such a fresh product and it, they're very different I think, I, think, I can't yeah. remember
0: who said it mm. but it might have been in our discord somebody said that basically Ubisoft is doing a better job at being Bioware than Bioware is <laughs> um
1: maybe I mean like U- Ubisoft's on fire like they're, they're yeah. they've are they had lots of great products you know Odyssey this one even New Dawn as like people you know kind of said oh it's you know it's more of the same but again like it's a competent budget Far Cry title and I think that's a great way to reward people who really like that franchise it's like hey you want more before Far Cry 6 here's a you know um, same map but re- refreshed with new enemies and, and new settings um, for half the price and yeah they're they haven't had they've learned from their mistakes i think was the was the thing to take away from that conversation is that ubisoft looked at what they what they did wrong and they course cracked i mean even looking at watchdogs to watchdogs too like Watch Dogs wasn't received very well. There were a lot of issues with it. Um, that people, you know, pointed out as being kind of like a bland sort of hack and shooter type thing. And then Watch Dogs 2 came out. They added color, they added fresh uniqueness to it, um, while still keeping that overall vibe of being a a hacking shooter game. So they they learned from their mistakes. And honestly, the other the one last thing I'll say about Division before we revisit it next week is that the engine that this is built on the snow point engine that ubisoft uses for its games it runs so good the frostbite <laughs> engine is just such a mess with ea games like it i mean it works great for battlefield maybe they figured it out for their sports games i don't know i don't play their sports games anymore but bioware is just not they're just they're not a frostbite engine studio they uh, you look at anthem and the way that thing's built and you look at the division it's like if the frostbite engine doesn't work for these open world games don't do it like try something use unreal use uh, another engine that you that is proprietary i don't know but i just the right tool for the right job is is the number one thing to live by right and uh anthem just it sucks it's held back by by that engine and you just look at the division it runs so smooth it looks so great um But yeah, I'm having a blast with it. I'm really enjoying the co-op and uh, I'm, the the story is, uh, I don't know where it's going. It's basically like there are bad people in Washington and we're going to, we're going to take them out, but uh, hopefully there's some more layers they add onto it. But for now, it's, (laughs) it's, uh, it's really interesting for sure.
0: (coughs) Good. Well, speaking of interesting, um, I took a suggestion from the TGI Discord, which if you guys would like to join the conversation, it's at bit.ly slash TGI Discord, which is also where you can find a dedicated Gent channel now if you are interested in discussing Manny and Gotti's awesome show. But uh, over in Discord, I took a suggestion from you guys of uh, something I could play this week that was a little bit, like I said, I've been a little um, distracted by other things that we've already talked about on gamers in so I didn't necessarily want to uh, kind of rehash a lot of stuff so I was looking for kind of like a bite sized thing to to sink my teeth into this week. And uh, so there is a suggestion of a game that I've literally never heard of, but is yeah. really, really cool. So it's called Baba is you. And I was super confused with people in discord <laughs> trying to explain what exactly this game is. And It's not very hand-holdy, and it just kind of lets you figure things out on your own, which is really cool. But it's essentially a, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) puzzle game that has a ton of different levels, and the difficulty ramps up so quickly. So the idea is that there are these, like, rules to the puzzle that you're able to manipulate as the player. So... Baba is you are like blocks that you can move around and you're a little sheep, which is where Baba comes from. <laughs> so you're the little sheep. And if let's say you walk your little sheep, it's all 8-bit. It's all like uh, arrow keys and enter buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you walk up to you and you push it out of the way. Then you lose because then you are not anything. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're basically it's like you are the sheep, but if you break that sentence, then you no longer exist in the puzzle. (laughs) I can tell Ryan's making such a face right now, you (laughs) audio listeners, you. So
1: So it's like a lot, it's like a a programming puzzle. So uh, it's
0: kind of like a programming logic puzzle is a hmm. really good way to think about it. Um, So there's these different maps and all the maps will have uh, different elements in them. And all of the rules are built in this something is something kind of like, um, <laughs> excuse like, me,
1: like a syntax like sort of dying.
0: problem. syntax. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's things like, uh, wall is solid rock or sorry. Wall is, oh, now I can't remember what it is, but they're all four <laughs> letters cause they're all like blocks. Right. Uh, but anyways, we'll say solid, for, for lack of my stupid memory that's broken. Uh, and then it'll say, like, rock is push, which means you can move the rocks around, but okay. you can't walk through the walls. So, if I push the, uh, like, if I move things around so mm. that I change it to say rock is solid, wall is push, I can push a wall out of the way and then get to the end goal. Hmm... Okay. Which was really hard to wrap my head around because whenever you're doing, they're almost like maze type puzzles. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing things that are like mazes, you're used to like rocks and walls just being barriers. But if that's not what the rule of the puzzle is, then you could just walk right through it like it's not there. So like wrapping your head around that like visual cue that you're used to and being like, no, I can't. My character can walk through walls right now is uh, it's a really interesting think outside the box type logic puzzle. And like I said, the difficulty ramps up really, really quickly. Hmm. So sometimes you can use things to um, destroy objects in your path. Sometimes you are manipulating the actual rules. So um one of the ones I did was a, a what <coughs> excuse me, a water level. <laughs> sorry. it's okay was a water level and one of the rules was uh water is sink Mm -hmm. so if you walk into the water then you sink so then all you had to do was move sink so that you no longer sink in water anymore so it just says water is and like so you kind of break that rule you break that sentence and then you can just walk through the water and you don't drown so it's uh it's really really cool and interesting and it's a game unlike anything i've ever really played before yeah. and it appeals to that like logic phrase programming part of my brain mm-hmm. that is something i haven't really seen it, games do lately
1: yeah it's sounds it's not a you know it's 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 similar in the sense that it sounds like a like a syntax sort of logic puzzle there was a game that was put out by uh tomorrow corporation or something and it was it was this company, like, uh, World of Goo. They did World of Goo, and their their art style is so... Once you see it, it's like, oh, that's those guys. And they did one called, I think, Human Human Resources, and it was like a coding logic puzzle game. Uh, and it it sounds v- very similar to this in that it was... Uh, it, it, would, it, it would do... It, would, you, it was hard to explain, but, like, it was this syntax logic puzzle. So, like, what you're describing sounds very very interesting and different from a lot of the puzzle games that you would normally play and and kind of has an art, um a gameplay style that is so complex that it would be almost very tough to for people to latch onto but it sounds like you know through word of mouth maybe a lot more people would check it out um because it it sounds like it sounds interesting so you played it on Steam it's also on Switch right like is this what's this title run for like cost wise is it like a sub 10 dollar so- game or
0: uh, on steam I believe it was about 17- 17 <coughs> damn it it was like 1750 hmm. uh, I'm not sure what it is on the switch but again that's Canadian so it would probably be between 12 and 15 on the American steam store okay um and I definitely think it's worth it I don't know how many levels there are but I'm challenged enough that I don't think that this game is going to be something like even if there's 50 levels, like I think I might have done 10 before I got like really hard stuck.
1: <laughs> you might be happy that there's only 50 levels like that. You know, I'm, I'm like, of the you're going to get
0: a lot of time out of this game, I think.
1: Yeah. I, I'm of the opinion when it comes to a game that, especially nowadays, like I don't need infinite content for the value to be there. Um, and in, I, in a lot of conversations with people, a lot of the folks that, that kind of attribute, length to value it's it's when they have that free time right and it's a sliding scale you know you you either have you know a lot of free time and and uh and you're able to play those games to their full you know uh, extent but with this one like i'm almost certain that i'd like being a sub 20 dollar game if it had 50 levels and the gameplay was you know complex enough like that's perfect like it kind of hits all three in terms of value content and and price um but this kind of screams a great like I might have a hard time playing this on PC because for PC gaming, I find it hard to like boot up something for only twenty minutes. I'm not normally thinking of that twenty minute experience. Mm-hmm. But in this, but you could get be, this on
0: the Switch and then yeah. go and sit in Caden's room while he falls asleep and play.
1: Yeah, play I, that would be good. And then you can just kind of shut it off when you 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 hit a puzzle that you can't complete, or you know you can do it ten minutes at a time. and, and I have. I do appreciate those experiences on switch like something you can pick up and play for a little bit and put Mm -hmm. back down uh so maybe i'll check this out on on switch and yeah it would probably keep me from you know having like hour or two hour long naps starting at 7 p.m uh (laughs) it's not good but it is hopefully it's helping me feel better (laughs) so i'll check it out well and
0: the other thing is too with the design of the map it's not just like level one level two level three or whatever Um, it very much, like, so I completed the first puzzle and then that unlocked puzzles two and three. And then when Mm -hmm. I completed puzzle three, it unlocked like six and maybe four. And then when I completed puzzle two, it was like five and seven or whatever. So it's kind of built in this like uh, a tic-tac-toe type, like three by three grid. And you unlock whatever puzzles are beside the one you just completed. So you always have not to mention, once I got through that first little uh, section of, I guess, nine puzzles, um, then the path kind of branched. Mm -hmm. So then you could go up into the lake or keep going along the land. And they were different types of puzzles, depending on which way you went, which I think for a game like this is absolutely brilliant design because I'm never well, unless I get super stumped by like seven different puzzles. Like, there's always going to be something I can work on if I get cool. frustrated with something else. So, like, if I can't figure out the lake puzzle, then I can try a different path, do a different puzzle, and move on that way. So, I'm really, really enjoying just the design of the game in general. They seem to have made some really smart de- smart decisions, including one thing I wish I'd found earlier, because it actually kind of made me, and I, I'm playing on PC, so it was, kind of, it was full screen, but made me almost a little bit nauseous because there's like a, almost like a frame jiggle or um, like wave sort of effect in the game. Like, you know, sometimes on like 8-bit things, it'll like have like dancing pixels. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it's called, but <laughs> there is a, there is an option in the options that says like turn off like screen wobble or whatever mm-hmm. and as soon as I did that I was like oh this is so much better like there's still some environmental things that will move to give the game a little bit of life mm-hmm. but like your whole screen isn't like rocking back and forth sort of thing and I was like oh wow that that's way better because <laughs> yeah it was making me feel weird <laughs> yeah. So yeah that is the one choice of the art style but like I say they actually uh, did include the option to turn it off, so oh, that's good. I would highly recommend turning that off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll check this one out. It sounds. It's been a while since I've played a good puzzle game, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the way it was described in Discord is like if we we've always talked about you know enjoying the Portal and Portal Two puzzle mechanics, where like when you when you're trying to get it, it feels like you're missing something, but it's not so complex that once you you do eventually get it, and then you feel like you're a genius. Um, and it's that great, <laughs> you know, feeling of solving that puzzle. And uh, if if this is offering that experience, it's... I can't remember yeah, the last it, puzzle game I played.
0: You do have a big sense of accomplishment yeah. when you figure something out. It's like, oh, yes, like there was one puzzle where um, the walls... And this is what I mean <coughs> about <laughs> how solid the walls are and stuff, is that I the walls weren't solid but i was thinking that they were and then i had to like use three rocks like pushed through a wall in order to break a rule that i thought was like out of reach sort of thing and yeah it was uh it was just really cool and i was like why didn't i think of this before
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I, mean... I tried
0: so many different ways <clears throat> and then i was like oh wait i can push this these rocks to break this rule and then i'm done Hmm. Or I think it wasn't, uh, sorry, it was that the, it wasn't a wall, it was a whole bunch of skulls. Because there are sometimes there's some mechanics where it's like, this object is defeat. Like, just period. You touch it and you lose. So, it's like, I can't walk through this wall, but I can push rocks through the wall. (laughs) Rocks can't die. And then, so you push that, and then it broke the rule. And then you were like, aha! I can walk to the flag now. Skulls won't kill me. Oh,
1: that sounds so so cool. I I, I think, like, yeah, just... It's such a neat idea, you know, like kind of a word puzzle, but you're also interacting with the environment. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is.
0: It is very, very neat. Uh, if you guys like what we produce, you guys can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin and help support us in what we do. Just like Aaron did. Thank you so much, Aaron. You are our patron of the month for the month of create the support and if you would like to be just like Aaron, again, you can go to patreon.com slash thegamersin and try to be our April patron. We support. We very much appreciate the support of everybody over on Patreon. That brings us to our topic of the week this week, which is things that happened at GDC, which the very big talking point that everyone is talking about right now is Google Stadia. So Ryan, I'm going to cough some more. Do you want to tell the people about Google Stadia?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh google stadia it's something that isn't going to come to us uh, as a surprise to a lot of folks because google was doing a lot of work with uh streaming video games with their project stream beta they've been running for the last i think year where basically they were allowing you to play uh, assassin's creed odyssey in in a chrome browser tab um for free by participating in the beta so this this system is built off of that beta so it's called google stadia and it's basically their tagline is the future of gaming is not a box and they've this is not the first time people have entered into the foray of game streaming um you know playstation offers ps now which which was solely a game streaming you know uh service but now offers you to download full games as well uh but this this is talking about basically looking at stadia as a platform that can exist on your tv your tablet your smartphone or your your browser and they kind of are saying that you know this the so basically you'll have a bunch of machines at the google server farms that run these games and then you just stream it and they, it was funny like when they announced it i was kind of looking at it and they were talking about the console the state stadia is more powerful than the xbox one or the x and the ps4 pro and I was like, well, it better well, damn, it damn well better be because, like, this is Google we're talking about. Like, you better have a, a strong system in the background playing these games because, like, it's not only about the streaming aspect, it's about getting that absolute perfect fidelity from the game. Like, w- why would I want to stream well, a game thing, on right? medium like- settings, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that's the thing is that uh, basically all of the heavy lifting is done by Google's hardware, mm-hmm. which is why it can easily go from all of these different platforms without any changes. Because basically, what it's doing is taking Google's hardware and then just displaying it on whatever screen you happen to have that you want to play on. Mm-hmm. So this i i thought this was really cool although and i mean ryan you're like a computer science guy because this <laughs> network stuff went way over my head sure <laughs> they because they were talking about um basically they were some of the stuff that was quite clarified later is that like in terms of input lag there is going to be some input lag this isn't meant for like the top end competitive stuff in terms of like esports mm-hmm. like this isn't For esports in any way, shape or form, there is going to be a little bit of input lag because obviously your inputs have to go all the way through your Internet and then over to Google and then back again. Mm -hmm. So there is going to be some amount of lag, but they did talk about how there are, I guess, data centers or something. There were a whole bunch of red dots on a map of if you're close to one of these things of which they have over 7,000, I want to say, mm. worldwide, then if you're close to one, like the closer you are, the better you or the shorter your lag is going to be. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so my question was, they were talking about how the signal will never hit the public internet. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> Yeah, there was, like, so they had this graphic up on the screen that was, like, you and then a line to your ISP, and then they were, like, you know, traditional streaming services, and then there were, like, a whole bunch of dots and, like, a line that bounced between all the different dots before it got to a streaming service box, and they were, like, normally (coughs) it goes through, or, like, it depends on the fastest it can go is the speed of the slowest node, I guess. And then they were like, but with Stadia, it's going to be you to your ISP to Google and not all over the place. Therefore, it never touches your signal, never touches the public Internet. And I was like, what is the public Internet? Mm. And then and then that was supposed to be like, oh, look, we'll be super zippy fast because you're connected right to Google. I'm like, do I have to have like Google Fiber for this? Like, am I not supposed to be touching because I'm like. Google Fiber is not in my area by any stretch of the imagination. So like, what are you actually talking about? Cause I, I don't understand. Like, is not my ISP touching the public internet? Like, isn't my stuff still going down all the same pipes that are used by everybody. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, also don't really understand where they're getting at here. I'm sure it's funny. Like I, I think when we discuss this, um, There are a lot of uh, really smart people in our Discord. I'm sure Void will... uh... I
0: I hope someone in Discord can explain this to me because that part of the presentation was right over my head. Because what I was thinking is, like, my internet speed is going to dictate how good this is. It's supposed Mm. to be 60 frames per second 4K video. Like, streaming that amount, it's got to, you know, like... (laughs) the pipes it comes through have to matter at some point, right? So
1: Well, the thing is, you know, um, unless you have a 4K television, you're not going to need to stream 4K. You're going to be streaming, you and I will probably be streaming 1080p, 60 frames per second. And and that's where, yeah, they talk about like your band, 4K HDR, 60 frames per second is dependent on your bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of concerns come up where, you know, bandwidth is something that's limited to to where you live and then also data caps depending on what kind of service you have data caps are also going to present an issue with this type of concept um downloading a 50 gigabyte game is tough these days when you don't have an unlimited uh data cap as well so yeah so
0: can you imagine streaming at 4k 60 frames per second how much data that's going to eat up if you want to play a hundred hour game well yeah
1: it's like it'd be it would be
0: like 4k video right well yeah it'd be like watching
1: 100 hours of 4k netflix and again i might be that that is just an assumption and it might be off by a little bit but i think it's similar to to sitting down and like all right we're gonna stream all you know three seasons of daredevil at 4k you know ultra hd um and i think that would be very similar to to playing a game cuz your input your input going through to the google servers like that's very minimal that's um, going to
0: be minimal in terms of data usage exactly yeah, so it's but the not video it's not bad. about yeah it's not about the upspeed it's the downspeed it's how fast can you get that 4k from google well um,
1: your upspeed so now so if you look at your internet connection so the internet connection i have now is 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 fiber Um, which allows for uh, and it's the newer the newer type of internet connection that allows for maximum upload maximum download basically your download speed is equal to your uh, your upload speed is equal to your download speed there's no there's i
0: never understood why there was a difference because Mm -hmm. my my upload is like 30 megabits per second and Mm -hmm. my down is 900 megabits per second and i'm like it's the same wire pipe. Why does it matter which way the data is going? Again, this is me being totally tech ignorant. Like, I I yeah. don't understand the internet once it leaves my house. I barely <laughs> understand the internet and how it works in my house. And I love how
1: you set this conversation up with, you're a computer scientist. And it's funny because, like, <laughs> I remember when I graduated from computer science, um, my friends and I, we turned to each other. and It's like, now we can refer to each other as computer scientists. Um, and... You know, there's always stuff that you're you're not very really, like. I'm sure people who graduated with me can explain this very well, but I uh, the hardware I never really latched onto. I was more like design, software, you know, software experience, design like that. That was my my jam. But other people, they're all over like, ooh, how does upload work? You know, like, uh, <laughs> and that's exactly how they sounded uh, on graduation day. You know, they were I'm so pretty stoked. sure
0: that Rogers just hates me and is uh, like, no. You stream a lot. We don't want to handle your data. Well, we're going to throttle your upload speed. It's I not a know.
1: throttle. I think it's it's. There's a difference between you know a lot of the older so other internet before Bell came into Peterborough and they upgraded with fiber. Um, it was all copper. You know, so that infrastructure limits the way they can implement you know download and upload. So a lot of standard internet connections they can jack up the download speed, um, but the upload speed always has you know sort of a limit. So a lot of times. You know, in previous years, when you get an internet package, you'd have a, you know, they'd be able to offer varying downloads, download speeds and charge you a varying amount of money. But the upload was always like two megabytes to 10 megabytes. Um, And, and having a higher upload speed is going to allow you to, it's going to allow you to decrease the amount of input lag. So having a fiber connection, yeah, it's going to make this, this type of setup much more feasible, um, but there are games out there where input lag isn't going to cause grave amount of issues. You know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey was a great game to choose as a testbed because you and I both played it and you, you and I both know that when you move your character, it's a little sluggish, right? There's a little bit of a slowness to the momentum and getting going. So that game presents an interesting, you know, exper- experiment because you've got the action-oriented combat It's a newer, more modern game, adventure, open world, that sort of thing. So they can really test, you know, streaming a high fidelity game uh, where the controls aren't going to punish people for having a, you know, a bit of an input lag. But if you're trying to play Overwatch or a fighting game, um, those games should not even exist on this service.
0: Well, they did talk about how Mm. they were partnering with a couple of fighting games to bring them to the platform. So apparently they have enough confidence in their inputs and I and again he did say if you're talking about the like pro gamer esports level yeah we're not there but for the average everyday gamer it will not be noticeable yeah I think. <sighs>
1: I th- and it's really which it's, i mean
0: that's a great goal yeah but I, I like i don't know how realistic it is but
1: it's exciting that google is looking at at those type of games because they know that's the first thing people i brought it up you know that's the first thing people <laughs> are gonna bring up it's like oh well you know this is great for some games but like are you really going to be able to nail that input lag on on a, on a fighting game and and you know there are systems in place for fighting games you know like Um, input lag is a huge thing when you're playing online and there are some fighting games that nail that online system and it's, it's through like, it's basically trickery to kind of try to, you know, the game tries to think a few steps ahead and there are a bunch of different systems that, I mean, I wouldn't even be able to explain, uh, because I, there are... They're very vast. You know, there are these systems in place for online fighting games, and, and some people who know these fighting games so well can basically name the system they're using for their netcode that enables you to play online the, uh, and reduces the notice that input lag uh, presents, right? And again, like a lot <laughs> it's of- It's really
0: st- funny. I, I did see a comment on one article I was mm. reading about this, and somebody was like, Yeah, Google knows you so well that there's no input lag because they've already put the commands in before you even know you want to do them. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I do have Google devices that are constantly listening to me, like literally all of the time. Mm -hmm. My phone is a Google phone. We have Google Home upstairs. Like Google is literally always listening to me and probably knows how I think better than I do. (laughs)
1: Oh, she's gonna hit X right now. Exactly. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> where this technology gets really interesting, it's not me playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey or um, The Witcher Three because I have a system that can play those. I have a PC. I have my Xbox One X. You know, I have my four K television. But where it's really interesting, and Google did announce that they have, they've started their own first party. Um, game development studios. Uh, Jade uh, Raymond is running it. She's the the woman, the producer behind um, the original Assassin's Creed. Did a bunch of stuff with Ubisoft. And the interesting part about this is that not game, not games that are launching on PC and are are beholden to current generations of hardware, but games that Google are going to make exclusive for this platform because they can make a game that requires let's say a five thousand dollar computer to run or a thousand dollar console but it only requires you to have a subscription to stadia um i mean they didn't announce price or anything i think that's coming in april they said but that's where it gets really exciting because the exclusive stuff for stadia is going to show not only the hardware on the other side that you literally couldn't play this unless you had a $5,000, you know, high end gaming PC to play this on ultra super 4k. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm really interested to see where this goes, you know,
0: not to mention even like resolution because Mm -hmm. they, they also showed as part of the presentation, I believe it was two different. They were, I, I believe they were the same resolution, but the graphical differences that you can have specifically where I think they pointed out and where I think it was most noticeable is the uh, like water effects. And it was incredible what they were actually able to do because again, Google's hardware is what's gonna be doing all this heavy lifting for you. So I think it's it's really interesting because yeah, it's gonna be a subscription cost and that adds up over time. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it doesn't, but it becomes a lot more affordable for people who can't afford to upgrade a phone or a tablet or a computer or a console every couple of years. Mm -hmm. So it this kind of brings amazingly complex gaming to people who may not be able to afford it otherwise, Mm -hmm. so it might not necessarily be for the use and me's of the world. But this is going to allow people to spend 15 20 25 whatever it is dollars a month and have access to 4k assassin's creed odyssey on their ipad yeah seems good to me <laughs>
1: and and that's the thing i don't know if it's a, it's a subscription some of these might you might just have to purchase the game um and that's it that, that's the interesting part of the piece that's missing like how much does it cost you know they announced a controller that comes with it that that offers um that is you know, it looks like uh, once again they've really done a great job at copying the Xbox One controller. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the industry standard now. Microsoft, uh, I think, is you know bowed to people like yeah, yeah, whatever, use our great controller, it's fine. Um, and uh, whether it's you know a subscription, whether you're buying these games outright, I think you're right. It's interesting. This this kind of opens up high fidelity, sort of high resolution gaming to people who. Um, don't want to buy a, a high-end PC or or even a high-end console right now, mm-hmm. um, and I know we've had those conversations with people who listen to the show. Like I, I don't want to buy a PC. I can't afford it. I have an Xbox One. That's my gaming console. You know, everybody's different in the way they play games, and I think this is only positive for for the industry to get more games and more people's hands. And um,
0: well, and yeah. the other thing that they announced, I mean, you mentioned the controller, mm-hmm. which does look a lot like the Xbox controller, but they did say you can play with whatever hardware it is that you have so You can play with mouse and keyboard, yeah. you can play with a PlayStation controller and Xbox controller, like there is no requirement for you to go out and buy a $90 Google Stadia controller, you can just play with whatever you've already got, which again, is very very nice for people who don't have a large gaming budget
1: yeah. well so i think they they just um added nintendo switch pro uh the pro controller support for google chrome so the fact that they are looking at the controllers you own that all use the same technology bluetooth you know wi-fi direct even just direct usb the fact that they can just say yep we support that now and you know it's an open it's just an open it's basically it sounds like it's they're opting for this to be kind of an open platform they're not trying to Mm -hmm. compete and i'm glad they didn't announce a a box i'm just super stoked that this is a streaming service because i think that's what google does well services um their hardware is you know okay but i think that their services they they do i'd rather they focus on on that and i'm i'm curious to see the cost and we're both canadian i'm curious to see if if it launches in canada uh in 2019 there
0: did there did appear from the here's all our google nodes right there did appear to be a lot of coverage in our areas like kind of in the great lakes ish the lakes weren't on it so it was kind of hard to judge scale-wise where exactly the the google centers were um at least for those of us living down near the u.s border uh, for people up in northern Canada, yeah, you guys are screwed. But for <laughs> those of us who are down near the American border, there did appear to be quite a lot of uh, of hubs for us. And Google has
1: offices like, you know, in, in the normal cities that you would you would imagine. I'm sure Toronto has some servers, yeah. um, you know. So, yeah, like I,
0: I do think they did seem to have a very worldwide network approach. Like I would be shocked if it was only available in the States or something like that. Like they might roll it out. at different times in different places but um it seemed to have a very worldwide focus
1: they're getting better like larger tech companies are getting better at lumping canada in with with the states (laughs) um we're we're a very interesting test market because like we're we're very spread out uh there are a lot of areas that do have subpar connectivity uh in terms of you know high speed internet uh however you know we're we're a good we're good test area to kind of look at like more rural areas um and also language requirements as well is also a a fun test case so um i i wouldn't be surprised if it's us only but i would be really stoked if if canada was brought on board as well but the way they presented it it sounded like this is this isn't a, a u.s only you know sort of market thing this isn't an like apple sometimes comes in and it's like yeah this is going to be the the next greatest thing but only in the states for like the first year you know um yeah. so this i'm excited uh, to see where this goes i just i'm more i'm more curious than anything i'm not like ready i'm all in on the game streaming but i'm i'm i want to try it I'm, I'm very curious yeah
0: the other thing that was really interesting and obviously because this is a Google property, they were uh, very much talking about all of the integration with YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so there is very much a like there's literally a button on the Google controller that is like, <laughs> upload this gameplay to YouTube sort of oh. thing, like share to YouTube. And uh, so that's one piece of it is that and, and they weren't 100% clear because like you can stream to YouTube. So they weren't 100% clear as to if it was like, I push the button and then it kind of creates a video of my gameplay Hmm. that then is available later on YouTube. Or if it was like a live streaming thing, it wasn't quite clear. Uh, But that's not the only YouTube integration. They also talked about uh, something that I'm pretty sure everyone listening to the sound of my voice has done, which is get to a point in a game, get stuck, look it up on YouTube. You can do that now straight from in-game and it just will like play the video over top of your gameplay. You don't have to like go out of the game in any way. You don't have to, you know, go to your phone or anything else. You just like basically hit like a help me button and it'll give you like (sighs) the, like, a YouTube video of the section of your gameplay that you're struggling with. So whatever kind of background data stuff they've got going on, like, maybe, um... It must be some sort of, like, recognition software to, like, know where you are, to then just be like, oh, here's a tips and tricks video of exactly where you're stuck. This is what you do. (laughs) Ta-da! Yeah. It looked really cool. It was absolutely seamless. You couldn't even tell, like when it went from one, like the guy playing, to like the YouTube video. It was just like, bam. Yeah, and the, you
1: know the implications of um, sort of it being a streaming service and all of all of the stuff, all of the computing being done on you know Google servers. It makes it very easy for them to be like, of course, check a box. I'm live. People can watch me play. No extra hardware required. No extra bandwidth required. It's all done. On well, yeah, Google's it's all side. done
0: on Google side, exactly. Yeah. So that's the other thing. You don't have to worry about upload speeds for streams. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about like upload speeds and processing time for videos. It's like all just straight up integrated on their end. Like everything is happening on Google's end. So. Yeah. There's no like weight being lifted by your network, your internet, or your computer. So it, Google's it really could be huge. It it could be
1: <laughs> you know, and it could be the first you know the first big foray into sort of what what game streaming can actually provide and really take that game sharing
0: to the next level. Um, and I think now this uh, will be. I mean, the important I think distinction to make mm-hmm. from this to like Twitch. that even like what we're doing right now with cameras and overlays and things like that, that's not stuff like it's literally just straight up gameplay Bang, That's it. Um, Because and again, like you're going to be getting super awesome, clear 4K stuff served to you from YouTube that is Stadia gameplay, because again, it's all on their side. So there is no kind of transfer that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) It's it's kind of an interesting trade-off there between having a lot of the like stream interactions with notifications and things like that and cameras and all that kind of stuff i would imagine probably even commentary and mics wouldn't be wouldn't be included so
1: i think they would um i, I think they would they wouldn't leave that out like they would add oh, I guess it but the again controller
0: if you have the google controller then uh the controller does have a built-in mic so there, I guess there is the possibility there that that built-in mic could be used for streaming no idea of what that quality would look like but it could be that your mic would get sent off to uh to YouTube as well to create a, a video streaming experience but I'm sure they would stitch uh, it all
1: together for sure
0: yeah like I say it's an interesting <coughs> sorry it's, okay. it's an interesting uh it's an interesting trade-off there with like lower street, like lower game quality and lower stream quality if you're using something like Twitch. Because like we mentioned all the lifting by your internet and your computer and everything else mm-hmm. versus having like 4k gameplay available to be watched on YouTube without having to worry about any of that quality stuff. So it's like you can have high quality gameplay, or a little bit lower quality gameplay, but then all the bells and whistles that come with Twitch streaming. So it's it's kind of interesting, and I look forward to seeing how all of this stuff kind of plays out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just the integration in general, because it's a Google product with YouTube, I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, they they have a lot of opportunities to to keep layering on and and uh, make this an even more enticing offer. And and I think really Google was the one that had to had to you know take a crack at it to to bring it. Yeah, I don't think
0: anyone I don't think anyone other than Google could have done something like this (laughs) yeah i
1: mean microsoft has already announced their like x cloud service they're working on and you know phil spencer is was out there saying like he felt very vindicated by the by the stadia announcement and he you know he says he will look forward to e3 and and they're going to talk about their big streaming service and um whatever that ends up being you know stadia seems to be much more ready to hit the market whereas i think x cloud is still kind of this like idea this thought process Mm -hmm. they're working towards so it, it's really yeah, exciting and so for sure.
0: they also did say stadia and speaking of almost ready um is coming in 2019 correct
1: mm, yeah it's launching this year I, I would think probably in the fall I, probably I was, late yeah yeah i don't think it's gonna arrive anytime soon because they did announce. well they did say in april they'd be announcing price and sort of like you know hardware costs uh, for the controller and stuff so maybe we won't have to wait too much longer i mean april's literally right around the corner so um true maybe it'll launch summer that would be a great time to launch this i think
0: Mm -hmm. uh we had one other little piece of news from gdc which is that uh three previously ps4 exclusive titles detroit become human heavy rain and beyond two souls are coming to pc this year which very likely i don't think either company has come out and actually confirmed this but um Quantic Dream who is the um developer totally blanked on that word for some reason um had an exclusive deal with with PlayStation which seems to have potentially maybe come to an end unless Sony agreed to allow these to be published on PC
1: uh, there Would well, there was a story in January, um, and Quantum Dream had stepped away from from Sony. They had an investment from the Chinese internet company NetEase, and that was something that uh, NetEase seems to be you know throwing some money around at a lot of developers. And uh, I think they maybe no, it's Tencent that owns a, you know a chunk of uh, Epic Games. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they they did announce that they were you know they were stepping away from their you know collaboration with Sony. But I'm still surprised to see that you know beyond two souls heavy rain yeah i can kind of see them like it's been a long time but detroit become human being the first game they're launching on the epic game store that's that's not that's not too far removed from the playstation 4 if this thing comes out this year that's still like that's still a year a uh, year later a yeah a year later it, which it is came out great. in
0: 2018 yeah yeah so. and
1: it was like it was right around this time so if it comes out mm-hmm. in the next couple months that's not a bad weight for a place you know, a console exclusive to a PC version. Um, so this is, I, I I included this only because we, you and I both played Detroit become human and it being a PlayStation four exclusive. That was one of the main, you know, that was one of the main driving points for 2018 being a very strong year for PlayStation four. And and the fact that they've, they're, you know, shipping it off to the PC. I think it's great. More people are going to be able to play it, but, um, it, it was interesting news. It's not very often you see a console exclusive like this kind of, you know, make their way over to the PC. I, I think the only... Well,
0: especially from PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen a little bit of it from Microsoft. I mean, we even talked about the Halo announcement last week. So, yeah. I mean, it's not unprecedented, but it's very interesting to see it with PlayStation titles specifically. And what I think is even more interesting is that if Sony was on board with this, that's awesome and could pave the way for a lot of their exclusive stuff to come to the Epic Game Store, which is where it's going to be sold exclusively on the Epic Game Store.
1: Mm.
0: So it would be interesting to see if we're going to get more PlayStation exclusive titles on the Epic Game Store if this was something that Sony was on board with. Otherwise, it means that whatever deal, uh, Quantic, uh, um, oh my God, Quantic, Quantic Dream,
1: yeah.
0: uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if their deal with Sony. Meant that they got to keep IP and distribution rights of their games, which seems like something that Sony would be like, "No, if we're making it an exclusive, that means it's exclusive." Like,
1: yeah, I,
0: I, so, so it's 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 interesting. No matter which way it goes, whether this was a, a Quantic Quantum Dream decision or a Sony decision, I think it has really interesting implications.
1: I think it, I think it was a Quantum Dream's business decision. Sony, I don't see Sony putting this isn't a Sony move. I don't see Sony kind of moving their their. Platform exclusives—you're not going to see God of War on PC, you know, anytime Ryan, soon. Orion.
0: Mm? But what if we do?
1: I mean, if we do, I think it's great. <laughs> um, I'm all for like, the whole point of the Stadia conversation. I'm all for more games being accessible to more people. um yeah. But I think the reason Microsoft does it that's... is they own the platform. They own Windows, mm-hmm. right? It makes sense yeah. to have more content available on that platform. Mm-hmm. Not that Mac is suddenly launching as this grand gaming platform but uh you know you gotta and can we just impress- take a
0: second mm. to talk about Fortnite and how the success of Fortnite just exploded the epic game store like where did this e- I, this is insane like for the longest time it was just like steam 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 and mm-hmm. then like you know everyone seemed to try to like dip their toe into the pool and then steam like put piranhas in the pool and everybody lost their toes i was a really really <laughs> weird kind of a but yeah. you know what i mean like it, steam was just the thing for so long and now it's like every time you hear something new something cool something innovative you know uh games available for free games available that were never available on the pc before it's like exclusively in the epic game store it's like There's Fortnite a lot of it. made this company so much money that they're just like uh, let's just go buy Sony and then give all the PlayStation Four games to PC. Like who cares?
1: Well, it's,
0: Fortnite money. <laughs>
1: it's interesting you noted. Know I mean, I, I, I hate to use this this sort of you know, um I don't know metaphor or whatever. But like Fortnite is, it's probably not the right term. But Fortnite is really given Epic like these, this the guts to go out there and just go out and create this large thing. Like Fortnite's kind of made them do because epic's been around for a long time the unreal engine is probably one of the number one engines around probably only you know and it definitely was top of uh, top of the heap um at at a point in time i think unity and some of the other you know uh more indie focused ones have kind of taken over a little bit more but unreal is still a very well used engine and that is epic games so you'd think like if they were going to do an epic game store they would you know they was like oh we're just going to prioritize you know unreal games and um, the unreal games do get a bit of a, a you know a, a bonus points for launching on the epic game store for sure but actually this news story does come out of the epic games you know gdc presentation where there was a lot of other mm-hmm. stuff a lot of exclusives and anything that makes i love steam um, but anything that makes the number one platform shake in their boots is a good thing for competition it's good thing to for them to have competition. Oh, yeah, um, it's so
0: good for consumers. It's, and it's so good yeah. for the marketplace and just everything that goes along with that. So I am I'm glad that it's not a steam monopoly anymore. Like, mm. like I said, there's been so many other people that have tried to do this. And, and on some platforms like Discord, for example, I'm just like, oh, this is not why I use this platform at right. all. Like, it's just annoying. It's in my face, It's cluttered. I'm just Ugh, go away. But. You know epic games has been able to actually create something that's really working and has people even who aren't fortnite players or aren't epic game players are now like using their store and their platform and stuff so uh, g- good job i'm glad that steam has a competitor that seems to really actually be coming and swinging and mm-hmm. i guess with Fishing poles to get rid of the piranhas. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: well, it's really it's it's really cool. The and I think we've all gotten much more used to having multiple game launchers on our computers, and uh, I think that's where Epic Games kind of launched at a good time, where they kind of like, all right, you know, Blizzard, EA. Ubisoft, um all the you know, Discord, they all took enough of the heat where they've gotten people used to having multiple applications on their PC that launch games. So if we come in, it's like, yeah, sure, one more, why not? Come on yeah. in. Yeah. You know, I think when Blizzard launched theirs, that's where I was kind of like, no, this is the future. We're just gonna have a bunch of different apps that launch a bunch of different publishers' games. And that's yeah, where,
0: when it. origin happened, everyone was like, no, <laughs> yeah, they,
1: and origin, the poor fellows, I mean, EA just can't catch a break. Like they, yeah. their timing is uh, just the worst. Um, and being the second large publisher to come in with a, you know, a very bloated, uh, app launcher. Like that's, yeah, uh, it's not easy, uh, being green. Um, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that, I think it's really cool to see Epic, you know, kind of moving around. And I saw a great article, um, kind of more of a a point it was an indie developer and they they were talking about steam where they said oh steam changed their algorithm and it really ruined a lot of you know indie uh, games being you know properly showcased you know and was kind of driving them to the bottom whereas triple a experiences were rising to the top and you know valve responded saying well it's just data that's what the data showed and that's what we did it's an algorithm what do you want us to do very cold, calculated, no heart whatsoever. Then Epic Game Store comes in and they, I think it was uh, Metro Exodus, they pulled Metro Exodus from Steam. They'd done a bunch of pre sales and Steam said, and I quote, uh, Val says, Well, that it just didn't seem fair. And it's like, you can't have both. You can't blame mm. the data and the algorithms, then say, We're living and breathing, you know, apparatus. It's just not fair. Um, and then Metro Exodus goes on to have you know one of its biggest launches on PC, and you know I think their their sales were doubled in comparison to the first week of the the previous two games. So competition is good, and anything that that makes Steam kind of look twice at what they're doing, uh, it's the next years are going to be very interesting to see where these two platforms go. Uh, it's going to be really cool.
0: Very very much so. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can do so over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Ryan and I are in there quite often. And even when we're not, there are lots of members of the community having really great gaming conversations. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays. Brian is Dar Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers In. Video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch.tv TheGamersIn and are available after the fact over on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about Stadia, please do so at info at GamersInPodcast.com Thanks for staying at the Gamers TheGamersIn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.